to a new episode of the podcast Legacy. I'm here with Jared. How's it going, Jared? Going very well. It's going very well. That's good. So uh, today we have a really, really packed uh, episode, but it's going to be really fun. Uh, we are going to basically cover uh, all the new Marvel announcements that came on Disney Plus Day, and we're going to briefly discuss like what we uh, what we are most anticipating for those. We are going to review Eternals, uh, the big blockbuster Marvel movie that just released. And we are also going to discuss a little bit more about No Way Home and uh, an announcement that just got made for it, which is what we, which is related to the uh, official trailer that is coming out. So, And obviously, we're going to have a lot to talk about that as well. So, yeah, really exciting episode planned today. And, uh, yeah, we're going to dive right into it. So first, we're going to cover, cover the Disney Plus stuff. I'm just going to uh, list the announcements that got made. And Jared, basically, I'm, I'm going to ask you uh, what you thought about, what you think about some of these projects or whether or not you're like, excited for them and which ones you're most excited for. All right. So we're going to start off with the animated ones that got like just announced just recently. So first, we're going to start off with actually one that's a continuation of a project that was already made. And uh, it was a classic cartoon. It was called X-Men 97. And uh, it was a really big show that a lot of people really enjoyed. Uh, And it was a very classic cartoon. uh, And it will be continued uh, by Marvel Studios in a um, a new story. And X Men '97 will be basically brought to life again uh, in 2023. I believe I heard that was when it was. So, and a lot of the actors are returning who voiced them in the past. So it's going to be really cool to see. I'm excited for it, and it's going to basically be, I would say, Marvel's first acknowledgement of like mutants, like in terms of like Marvel Studios. So that's cool. So that is something that is being renewed. You have a Marvel Zombies show, which is really cool. And obviously, we got a first taste of it in uh, What If with uh, the exploration into Mar- uh, Marvel Zombies. But this time, we're going to get a series that's uh, Marvel Zombies-centric. And it's going to be really cool. I imagine it might be really dark uh, or, and darker than the episode that we saw in What If. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see uh, what that animated show brings on the table uh, as well. So uh, the next one that we have is actually a very intriguing one. And I, I definitely I definitely raised my eyebrows to this. It's called Spider-Man Freshman Year. So what this is going to be is an animated show that uh, follows uh, Peter Parker. And, it's, and this is the interesting one. It's supposed to be Peter Parker from the MCU. Uh, like not actually like... Like... I, I, I don't know how to... like. Pr- say this exactly but it, it's gonna be like peter parker's story the, the peter parker that's in the mcu right now so but not exactly like the same like same exact character so it's not like it'd be any multiversal stuff uh but it's going to be a story uh regarding uh what's supposed to be this peter parker in the mcu and basically following his story uh, in freshman year leading up to how uh basically him becoming spider-man so that is a pretty cool show that will be coming out soon 
So another show that just got recently announced was, and obviously she was a very popular villain from WandaVision, the show that just got released uh, very recently, uh, WandaVision, uh, Agatha Harkness. Uh, Agatha House of Harkness, Harkness is a show that got announced, and it will be a WandaVision spinoff. This stars Catherine Hahn as uh, Agatha Harkness. So that is pretty cool. And I was a big fan of her. So I'm really excited for that show as well. We also are going to be getting Echo. Uh, and Echo, you probably, uh, a lot of people probably are not familiar with this show. Uh, but Echo is the character in Hawkeye. She's going to be debuting in Hawkeye. Uh, she is a deaf superhero, I believe. Uh, or like some anti-hero because I'm pretty sure there was a trailer that showed uh, her uh, chasing after Hawkeye. So that is going to be taking place and it is going to be uh, basically about her. So it'll be interesting to see how the events uh, of Hawkeye uh, connect to Echo. And uh, just um, just to let you all know, uh, Echo is the adaptive daughter of Kingpin. So that that's uh, something interesting that could be uh, brought to the table as well. So and... Um, Jared, given the, what I've said so far, uh, are there any projects that you are most looking forward to out of these that I have announced so far? Um, well, I'm decently excited for the Marvel Zombies because I think that they will go off the, the episode of, you know, obviously we got an episode in What If, but it wasn't the best. And, you know, we rated that very in the middle, but I think they'll really go off that and improve on it in the future. But I don't know if you've mentioned it yet, but uh, Moon Knight is what I'm really, really, really looking forward to. Uh, I, I just I really like the character, and I think it's Marvel's going to do a really, really good job at adapting it into um, a cinematic kind of form. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I was going to continue on. I just want to give you a chance to talk. So I was going to get into they did release uh, new looks at She-Hulk and Moon Knight. So those are going to be shows that are coming soon. And they also showed a uh, new look at Ms. Marvel. So those shows are coming up. And you have one of season two. Uh, that got officially announced. So uh, we are looking forward to that. And they also acknowledge Ironheart, I Am Groot, all the shows that we already knew about, uh, Secret Invasion, uh, basically all of these shows. Uh, they have, like, you know, uh, they, they put an emphasis on uh, Disney Plus say. So, and obviously Hawkeye as well, which is coming out very, very soon. So, uh, yeah, these are the announcements that got made from Disney Plus say. And, uh, yeah, we are excited for them. So, Jared, anything else before we move on? No, I'm just, uh, even though we didn't like go over a ton about Moon Knight, I just, there are some that I am just going to be more hyped for than others. And Moon Knight is one of those just because I really like the character. Um, but all the projects that Marvel is releasing, especially Echo, I'm very interested in how they're going to actually use Echo as a character because they could use Echo to intertwine Daredevil. I'm not saying that that is going to happen, but obviously she is very you know close to Daredevil. And you know maybe it could happen. Maybe this is how they will introduce Daredevil in some way or maybe hint at him. But it'll, it'll be very interesting if that is the case. Yep, and I know that you know, it's been rumored about a certain villain appearing in Hawkeye, which, you know, we'll get to that when the time comes. It should be probably soon. 
and Hako, uh, Hako, I can't believe I just said Hako. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe I just said it happens Hako. to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Echo, um, could be the way that he gets introduced in the show, and probably will be the way if that's the case. And as I said before, she was shown in the trailers fighting Hawkeye, so maybe she is working for him. Who knows? And may- maybe Hi- Wilson Fisk has nothing to do with this. But that's just. Yeah, that's just an interesting thing to keep in mind here. So uh, those are the announcements uh, from Disney Plus Day. Uh, We are going to move on to Eternals, though. And uh, for those of you who have not watched Eternals yet, this is a spoiler warning. And uh, yeah, we are uh, we don't want to spoil this for you, but we are going to talk about it now. So I would go back and uh, join in later. So uh, we are going to cover first reactions for this because there's a lot of them. Uh, this was a two hour and 30 something minute movie. There were definitely a lot of first reactions. Just we're going to cover the basic reactions of whether or not we like this. So, Jared, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What did you think about the show? Well, I mean, movie, sorry. Personally, uh, it's hard to explain this movie, but I, I don't know really how to put the terms. I'll, I'll compare Shang-Chi, not, not the actual movie to Shang-Chi, but I'll compare how much I liked Shang-Chi as Shang-Chi surpassed my expectations for it a good amount. But due to the fact that I did not have big expectations for this movie, this movie absolutely destroyed my expectations for it. I was very, 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 you know, not looking forward to this movie. But when I went and saw it, it was really, really good. And by the way, Rowan and I went to, saw it, went to see it together. And it really said something because that was Rowan's second time seeing it. And, you know, if it was a bad movie, I definitely would not offer to go and see it again. But it was a good movie. Pretty much throughout the entire movie, good storyline. Character development was, eh. There was a little bit of lacking in that department. But obviously, action was amazing. Celestials, just some of the shots were absolutely stunning. A lot of the shots were actually stunning. Um, the deviants got exactly what I wanted with the deviants. A bunch of different types. Uh, obviously, it wasn't as, you know, there wasn't as many types as I expected. There were more like different variants of the same deviant. But it was so, uh, with the deviant like gaining sentience over time as it consumed more more i don't know how to say it just the powers of the eternals very very just cool and just all the characters were just amazing um and obviously like athena had her inner struggles but then you get to people like gilgamesh gilgamesh was one of my favorites if i'm being honest it was it, it kind of sucked but yeah he was he was definitely one of my favorites a very funny character and then just the betrayal and the twist at the end with how what what they were actually expected to do, the visuals of Tiamat, I think that's that's his name. It was it was just fantastic. The visuals were so amazing. How they defeated him was amazing. They, all all their special powers were showcased in their own ways that were very good. Even Sprite, I mean, she had her own powers, which was really nice. Everyone had good powers that were pretty balanced throughout. And obviously some were, some were stronger than others, but then, you know, they didn't have the other skills that could, uh, you know, do other things. They may have had brute strength, but they didn't have, you know, 
being able to change certain materials into other materials or going super fast, things like that. And, you know, and that's why at the end, all the others could, you know, kind of gang up on the, on a, and defeat, you know, Tiamat. It was throughout the movie. I was entertained the entire time. I was on my, on the edge of my seat some of the time. It was just a good movie throughout. And I was, and I think it was so much better than I, I think I would have liked it less if I had expectations for it. I had zero expectations for this movie. I thought it was going to be awful. But it was way past that. I I really, really, really liked the movie. And I did not expect it at all. And if you were kind of on the edge about going to see Eternals, go and see it. I know it was, I can't believe it got 47% Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not even going to look at the reviews because I don't, I don't want to see it. And I can't believe only <laughs> that was just absolutely stunning to me. I mean, I, I really liked it. And we're, we're mega Marvel fans. Maybe it was because some people didn't know what was going on with the Eternals and with the Celestials. But it was just, it wasn't an issue with the average person. It was, it, like, it wasn't an issue with I, w- I should say it was an issue with, like, Marvel snobs, and, like, they didn't like it because it was so unfaithful or something like that. I feel like it was more of an issue of people not knowing what was going on. But overall, it was it was a really, really good movie. I liked it. Yeah. So this is another example, and the last time we were on this podcast, we discussed this a little bit regarding the Rotten Tomato uh, problem here with Venom Let There Be Carnage where you could see a similar pattern with this movie as well. You know, not all Rotten Tomato critics are Marvel fans. And I think that that's, and some are, and some just don't like the style of Eternals. And I do get that. But uh, before I give my first reactions here, I just want to note how, like, you know, the general audience care, like, you know, cares, I would say, more about Marvel. And, you know, they're, they were, I knew that when, the Rotten Tomato scores were shown horrendously bad. And it, I'm still shocked at how bad it, uh, the Rotten Tomato score was. Like, it is Marvel's first Rotten movie in terms of Rotten Tomatoes. Not actually, like, Rotten, per se. But it was rated... It, it was given a Rotten rating by Rotten Tomatoes, which, keep in mind, uh, 60% is that uh, threshold. If it goes above, it, it'll be considered fresh. If it's below that line, uh, it'll be considered Rotten. And it was, yeah, it's down to the 40s now. So, but the audience score is in the 80s. So, and it's, that was similar to Venom, Let There Be Carnage. So obviously, uh, Marvel fans, like, you know, the general audience fought for this movie. And, you know, this, this is, uh, this is what we're going to, and this is not, I I predict that this is not the only time we're going to see this, where there's going to be this big divide between critics because, because, like, you know, I, I do believe uh, that the general audience score is always going to be higher than the Rotten Tomatoes score. So just a little interesting thing to keep in mind here. So regarding what I thought, I love I like this movie. And I did I did really enjoy uh, many, many things that took place in this movie. And I do not I do, absolutely do not think that it deserves the, that Rotten score. And I'm not going to, like, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't feel like a lot of people represent that score outside of the movie critics either. So I'm just going to say it right off the bat. I don't agree with it. Um, 
I don't even know exactly. Like, I know, I bet you I could guess there are a few factors why it happened, and we might get into that later. But um, I have a few guesses, but uh, as I said before, we'll get into that later. But I love a lot of the characters. Some of them, not so much, and we're going to be going over that later. But um, I like the majority of the characters. Uh, as you said, the, the visuals with all the Celestials, like Arishim, uh, Tiamat, uh, all, all of those all of those fight scenes with Tiamat uh, rising during the emergence, and, you know, just the the... Like you know the devastating effects that, like you know, its emergence had, and you could tell through the visuals, it was it was great. And you know, I do have to give credit to Chloe Zhao because you know it, she delivered uh, with the visuals. The visuals were absolutely incredible, and I will continue. It was probably one of the most visually stunning movies in the MCU. Uh, I will have to say that, uh, and. Yeah, I, I think that I just, I loved, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I loved it. So, and I do, I definitely don't think it was get it, it deserved better uh, ratings. Now, there were some things, and we are going to be discussing this. Uh, there were some things that kept us out of my top, like, you know, close to top five. It, it will probably end up in the top 10 range, but there were some things that I'm going to be talking about regarding why I did not, uh, why I do not consider this like, if, especially with this concept that we have now with Golden Buzzer movie, uh, we're gonna be talking about that. But uh, yeah, for the most part, though, I did genuinely enjoy this movie. So, uh, Jared, um, any other thoughts to what I said? Well, I actually think it was kind of, it, it's more comparable to Hulk with the ratings. I mean, I think, uh, I think. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, got like 89% people liked it, or 88 This I Last time I checked, it was 77 but it might have gone up to 80 It's just like, it's pretty crazy to me that it got a worse Rotten Tomato score than The Hulk. And it's at 79% of people like the movie. That just blows my mind. It's only a little bit better than The Hulk. And that movie was so awful. It's kind of like, it's just, I can't believe that movie was compared to the Hulk, or at least comparatively bad to the Hulk in some people's eyes. It's just, it's strange. Um, I don't really know what to, else to say. It's just, I can't believe that that could be compared to the Hulk. Yeah, so that's actually a pretty good gateway to the, what we wanted, what I wanted to say before about Ron Tomato. So, why did this happen? Now, there are a few reasons why, and you probably if you read the Rotten Tomato uh, reviews, you might get a sense as to why. But there are a few plot points, and I'm also going to connect why I did it, why there were some flaws. There were some pretty big flaws for in this movie for me. Still, um, number one, it was slow. A lot of it was slow, and um, that's not exactly what Marvel fans are looking for in a Marvel movie. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, it was still a great movie, but I still acknowledge the fact that some parts were slow and, you know, you, I feel like, you know, it didn't leave. There were a few scenes that did not leave people on the edge of their seats. Uh, there were a few scenes that probably, um, that were probably going to make people like, you know, want to go up to get, um, to get like, if they needed to use the bathroom, there were probably a few bathroom scenes in there 
where they could have gone and done something like that. Because I don't feel like each scene, and you know, yeah, we shouldn't expect that from a movie, but I don't feel like um, they were like necessarily like 100, like each scene was like uh, can't miss. And, you know, there were, there was a lot of talking and, you know, you kind of needed that because you needed to explain uh, the eternal story and you could have just skipped through uh, some sections in the eternal story. Um, but I, I feel like, the, you know, some of them did take, some of the scenes did take a little, little while to get through. And as a result left me like, you know, just waiting for the next, waiting a little longer than expected for uh, the next action, se- action sequence, for example. So uh, that's the first thing. And that's probably, and I did hear that, you know, and, you know, some of the reviews pre- call it boring, call it slow. I don't think it's boring, but I do understand the slow aspects that they had going on with it. And I definitely think that's that's one of the things. Now, the second thing, and I don't think this is, I don't think this has a big this had a big big impact on the reviews but unfortunately in this world there's gonna be some people who don't like when marvel addresses um like you know diversity and more of the yeah addresses like some like people like use the word becoming woke or stuff like that um, sometimes people don't like that and that's unfortunate and obviously it's gonna you know it's something that you're gonna see as we continue to pro- uh, progress here uh, in, in the in the like future of filmmaking and stuff you're gonna have more diversity and I support that and I think that we that it should be supported 100% but I do feel like there had to be at least a few reviews uh, that did not really like, uh, like you know the uh, the uh, scene with Fastos kissing, uh, and uh, obviously him coming out as gay and kissing his boyfriend. Um, I feel like that is something that you know, and the diversity there is great, and I think that they need they need that because you know it shows that you you can address this. And I feel like that was very good on Marvel's part, and I think that it made the it made Fastos' story so a, a lot like it really enhanced Fastos' story. But unfortunately, I I do feel like that might not have went over well with some of the reviews, and I don't know why. Um, but that's that's one of my th- that's another one of my theories regarding why. But regarding that scene, by the way, um, I I loved it. I thought that it brought. Yeah, it did. You know, it brought. I'm sure it brought a smile to a lot of people's faces, as it should have, and it was something that should have been uh, addressed eventually. And I'm glad that they did uh, include that kiss in there because I think that that was important for the future of Marvel. So, but that's just another reason why I feel like uh, reviews might not have went the same way as some would have liked. And other the other stuff, I mean, I don't really know honestly because it's not, and I don't think it's really stuff worth. Uh, going over at this point but i just wanted to put a few of those things out there so uh, jared do you have any uh thing to add on to why you think that these reviews might be well i feel like if you go through a lot of reviewers i don't think you'll find a lot with um the exact reason but i feel like that is definitely a motivator as why some people would rate this movie kind of lower 
But I feel like it would be unwise to write those opinions actually online. Yeah. So I feel like you might get more disguised as, oh, the movie was slow. And then because of that, they deduct a bunch of points. But there might also be personal bias as to why they actually did that. It's just, yeah, I mean, Marvel is going to have, you know, they're doing a good job at, you know, progressively including more groups and people. And, I mean, eventually people are going to have to come to terms with it. It's not just going to go away. So, I mean, it's just kind of pointless to write bad reviews based on that reason. Yeah, absolutely. LGBTQ representation is 100% important and needs to be addressed. And that's why I, you know, and I keep on saying this, it was a highlight uh, in this movie. And I feel like, you know, that's, it's, and it's something that people uh, need to realize that it's going to, like that it's it's going to be continued to be highlighted and i think that that's a great thing and it's unfortunate that some people don't feel the same way and it's why it's why do you have a theory that some of the reviews did not go the same way so but but you know some people um just did not like it because of the fact that it was too slow and or or and or boring and i do agree with the slow part um, regarding that it could have been a little slow, as I said, but you know, just a few things to keep in mind regarding those ratings there. So we're going to go into characters now, just because there were a lot in there and obviously we should discuss like which ones we liked and you, we did it like Jared, I'm going to throw that question over to you first. What characters did you like or did you not like? Well, um, I kind of fit it into two categories. There was characters I liked based on their personality, and then there are characters I liked based on their powers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, for example, powers, I really liked Gilgamesh just because he was such a powerful character. And just, for, especially that, was it Babylon? Was Babylon the Blue City? Yeah. That, that scene outside of Babylon where he just absolutely destroyed the big monster and just kind of put it down. It's just that those are, and they also, I put him under the personality category because he was funny. A lot of the stuff he did was funny. But then along with personality, I really liked pretty much all of them. I mean, Icarus was good in the beginning. Obviously, he is like the golden boy. You know what I mean? Mm. But and then Sprite. Sprite was tough. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I really liked Sprite, if I'm being honest. I mean, it was she was fine. But it just didn't really fit. Her power was cool. But it wasn't cool in the way that I like. Like, it wasn't destructive. Or it was like a Loki power, kind of. But not as cool. So I would say the sprite is kind of down there for least liked. But then Athena comes up with most like She just had a really good story as well. Like, that arc that she had, where, you know, obviously Gilgamesh died, she had to revenge him, killed the last uh, Deviant. That was really cool. Um, who was the one that could take control of others? Druig. Druig, Druig. I didn't like him. I liked him in the beginning, then I didn't like him in the middle, then I liked him in the end, because I thought he was being a little manipulative, if you know what I mean. But... Druid was also really good. I think that his relationship with uh, I completely forget her name. Makari. Makari, yeah, Makari. I think 
their relationship was really nice and just he was he was a good character in the end but he was a little suspicious in the you know in the middle where he kind of just split off and created his own village out of people that he controlled but he had a he had a good power and i think that it was very interesting how they put it into use but i also really like that that's another thing i want to bring up is all the powers are pretty much situational except like i would say gilgamesh and icarus i would say and maybe athena but a lot of their powers are situational where the use sometimes depend sometimes depends on others where you know um you know makari is fast but what can she use the speed for obviously she could create those force waves which i really like usually like with the flash you never see the flash doing that the flash is always you know running around and doing stuff like that or even quicksilver but that's a very interesting thing that they kind of explored was you know when she randomly took them and stopped it kind of created a force wave which is really cool but like droid his power is good but it's very situational in the fact that you know obviously there has to be humans around and you know he he can't control other eternals and he, like especially sprite her power is very very situational where her sprite has her sprite her powers have pretty much no physical ability at all all she has is her little knife that she uh, that she can use sometimes but otherwise her powers are just illusions which can't hurt anybody and yeah you can draw comparisons between that and loki like a lot but his is just a lot more in depth and that might be one of the reasons why i didn't like sprite is just because kind of just felt like a younger more annoying version of loki and loki's already sometimes pretty annoying but yeah i think that gilgamesh might be my favorite just because of how funny and just kind of charming he was but then along with his really really cool power yeah so so i'm gonna get, jump off to uh who i did it like at first it's definitely sprite um sprite was kind of like a bratty for teenager that you know people that you know it's it's commonly seen in the world today and she was kind of depicted as such huge and honestly i didn't like the real and it this is just one of the other things that i did i didn't really like the relationship angle with uh, sprite and icarus i did it, it was weird. Um, I understood why it happened. Don't get me wrong, but I don't feel like it was needed. And I felt like you could have had Sprite go with Icarus for a different reason. And yeah, it just seemed like she was just like, I don't like, I don't know if she was designed to be a, an unlikable character, but like, I'll give you an example. So I went to the theater with my mom to go see this. Um, one of the moments that made the audience cheer is when Druick hit her over the head with a rock. And I'm dead serious. That was one of the two moments. We're going to talk about the other one. But that was one of the two moments that made the audience definitely cheer. So uh, that, that was pretty telling regarding audiences' reactions to her. But yeah, I didn't really like Sprite just because she seemed very entitled. Um, and, you know, I get it. You know, she wants to grow up and stuff like that. But she kind of seemed like really whiny about it. And, like, stabbing people with a knife to get there is not how it goes. So, yeah, she, I don't think she was even designed at this point to be as as, as a really likable character. But, yeah, she was one of the ones that I did not really enjoy. 
Uh, other than that, you know, just to run through them real quick before I lead to, because I didn't, I didn't have really any problem with any others. You know, Gilgamesh, as you said, was really cool. I would have called him my favorite. Um, and I wish I did get to see more of him, though, because unfortunately he did die. And the, his relationship with Thena was great, too. And obviously he had some funny moments with a baby costume and stuff like that. That was pretty funny. And I did enjoy that a lot. So, yeah, and I wish that Gilgamesh stayed and stayed uh, throughout the movie, but unfortunately he did not. And that, you know, that was that was pretty sad. That made for an emotional uh, middle half of the movie. But uh, yeah, I still liked him. Cersei, you know, Cersei was. I I don't tend to. I like to think of characters as my favorite who are not main characters, just because it's more fun that way. But I still like Cersei. Um, you know, she wasn't my absolute favorite. But, you know, I, I think that she had really cool powers with, like, basically turning things into other things and turning that deviant into a tree. That was fantastic and definitely one of the show stealing moments, I would say. And obviously turning the uh, Tiamat to ice, that was cool as well. So she had some great scenes. And obviously she provided a uh, cool relationship angle with Icarus and um, uh, Dane women. So, yeah, I like Cersei. Uh, I want to get to Kingo because I know a lot of people like Kingo. Um, I know this is like, it, he did provide the most uh, funny scenes, definitely. And he did have the best lines. But regarding, I did not like the fact that he stayed out during the finale, uh, final battle. I would have liked to see him involved there. And I'm not going to call him my favorite, but just because of that reason. That I, if he were there to the final battle and if he stayed with the Eternals to, uh, to the end, then I probably could have said he was in my top three. Unfortunately, he is going to have to fall out of that range, though, just because of the fact that I wish I could have seen him in the final battle. But providing the rest of the stuff, I liked how he could, you know, absorb uh, power and make, like, a sphere using his uh, powers and making, like, this power orb thing. And I like how he could, like, you know, um, like, make little tiny uh, finger guns with as his power and you know shoot like energy out of them i thought that was that was really cool as well and uh yeah i like that um so and then we get to uh somebody like makari i liked her um not gonna probably not gonna be in my top three um but i i definitely still liked her and she um obviously she had the super speed and she had i one her standout moment i would say was her uh kicking the crap out of Icarus towards the very end. Um, and, and I thought that that was kind of fun uh, seeing her, like, you know, because it was satisfying seeing, you know, Icarus getting beaten up for a little bit. I, I did like that. Um, regarding Icarus too, I would say he him, and I'm going to be honest, even before uh, he did have a cool, uh, you know, there was a cool plot twist there when it was revealed that he killed Ajax. Um but even before that, like, even as he was a hero, I wasn't as big of a fan of him just because, you know, I, I feel like his powers were too much like Superman. And I didn't really feel like there was really any difference between the two, honestly. And you could tell what, you know, that scene where they arrived at Fastest's house with the uh, kid referring to him as Superman. I think that that was basically like, uh, he he made a good point that he basically had the same powers as Superman, and it just seemed he just seemed like a very generic superhero. 
So that was my only thing about Icarus. Regarding what I did like about him, though, was I did like how um, he, because there is a Icarus in actual mythology about uh, riding, like, you know, flying into the sun. And I like how they kind of played that, played off of that. And, you know, it was sad to see him go, but um, it was also, you know, him flying into the sun like that towards the very end was, um, I, I did, I did think that that was a cool um, callback to uh, mythology there. So, and then my top three, I would say are, and, and uh, actually before Ajax was cool, she didn't have a lot of as many scenes though. So I can say that she was my favorite, but uh, I liked how she uh, led the Eternals and Selma Hayek obviously is a great actress and that definitely showed my top three would have to be probably uh, Athena, Festus, and Druig. So Druig I liked from the very beginning to the very end because he just seemed like this badass character who like plays by his own rules. And I kind of liked that out of him, and I think that that was a good angle. Barry Keoghan did a great job. Um, I, I could, He was young. He's young, too. I could tell that he has a bright future in acting. And I liked how he's able to mind control people. I thought that that was a cool um, ability that he had there. And uh, obviously at the end with the rock hitting Sprite, that was definitely satisfying, honestly. And I did enjoy that out of Druig. And as you said before, Jared, I liked the relationship between Druig and Makari. And uh, regarding the second one, Fastos, Fastos was really cool. As I said before, I liked how uh, LGBTQ representation was addressed through this character and I liked um and I really liked that and that uh, and also I liked his story with you know providing technology for humans and you know being devastated when humans were using uh, those uh weapons for evil I liked that story and I um liked you know how he kind of in a way led the Eternals uh and basically provided like the um encouragement um, and I liked, like, you know, him harnessing, like, the wheels and stuff like that, um, and ha- how he stopped Icarus from uh, going over to Cersei. So that was at, towards the end, and that was pretty cool. And then Thena, which I'm going to be honest with you, I think Thena was my favorite, because Thena, number one, the second scene that made uh, the audience go crazy was com- when she completely chops Crow into many different pieces towards the end. And kind of like, you know, brought closure to the conflict of like remembering. And she was able to like, you know, with that final line, I remember it was basically honoring not only Gilgamesh, but honoring her past and knowing that she's now able to remember again. That that was great. And not to mention, I really like Angelina Jolie. Uh, she's still she she's a great actress. And I felt like she she definitely uh very uh she was definitely a very good character in this. So uh, yeah, those are my thoughts about the characters. Uh, Jared, do you have any other final thoughts before we? Uh, yeah, what you said about Icarus and flying too close to the sun. I think it was well, it wasn't it was not coincidental at all. It was kind of a self uh, fulfilling prophecy because sprite made that up about him they said that in the movie how sprite made that up as a story to kind of poke fun at icarus for how kind of i wouldn't say stuck up but i also found it interesting that not only that they made up you know Athena as athena god of war all of this history that humans kind of went by was influenced by the eternals and they showed that 
Icarus in the story of Flying Too Close to the Sun, made up by them. Athena, made up by them. Athena, you know, obviously, God of War, completely made up by them. All of that was very, very interesting. And also, I didn't point out Fastos. Fastos was one of my favorite characters. He was just awesome in pretty much every respect. Very funny all throughout. And yeah, I did like how he was influencing humanity by giving them technology and kind of bringing to the attention that the only way humanity can grow is through conflict. Yeah, definitely. And I liked the, uh, obviously, his passion towards starting a family and stuff was great. He was, I would say he was one of the more relatable in terms of like the human aspects and not out of this ancient mythology aspect. Uh, and like, you know, basically going back millions of years when they were still around, he was more, one of the more relatable ones. So I like that about Fastos too. So, uh, yeah, those are our thoughts about the characters. Jared, we obviously do have to talk about the end credit scenes now because those are important and they do have uh, uh, definitely some impacts towards the future of the MCU here. So I want to get your thoughts on those. What did you think about both of the end credit scenes? Well, I'll start with the first one, obviously. And about that, I mean, I was like, that was like an, oh, moment for me. I really realized that that is why, maybe that is not where, but for me, that is where Ereshem the Judge comes from. He, and when he said Judgment Day, that just incredibly cool. All of them getting picked up, Ereshem in the sky. That was just, that was so cool. Him in outer space. And then him just saying, I will come back on Judgment Day was just, it kind of made me realize that's why he's called the judge. He's Ereshem the judge. He judges whether planets are worthy to live or not. And, and it was just like, maybe he's probably called that before. Obviously, he's the prime celestial. And so he, you know, determines which planets get, you know, infused with a celestial seed. And maybe that's why he's called the judge. But for me, that's where it really came from. And the scene where he turned into a singularity and just disappeared, it was just so cool. Just the magnitude that he was displayed on, I never, ever thought I would get to see them. How, you know, I was a little bit disappointed that I only got to see one celestial, or actually, no, two technically. Actually, no, a bunch, because we got little scenes of like four or five of them. In the big spectrum, we only got to see one actually performing acts and then two with one being kind of just, you know, sedentary. But it was just the spectacle that that was shown in was just absolutely incredible. I love that end credit scene. Great, 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 great end credit scene. And the second end credit scene was also good. I mean... I liked how it set up Blade and it's, is it Black Knight or Dark Knight? I think it's Black Knight, right? Black Knight. And it set up Black Knight and, you know, obviously Blade. You could hear what I think was Blade's uh, voice in the background while he was opening up the crate. And obviously his sword said, death to those who wield me. I, I, it was something like, or death is a reward for something. And it was, it was just, very, very cool. You could obviously see something shimmering on the sword. Very, very a little, I don't know, suspicious with the sword. But it just, you know, obviously that was a very, very good setup scene. And I, I felt kind of bad for the people who left after the first end credit scene. I mean, I was, I was just kind of like, what are you thinking? Because you're going to miss so much. Mm-hmm. And especially with that, because it sets up an entire series. And I think that's going to be really cool. A lot of the stuff we've been seeing recently has been going off of the 
usual superhero path and has been going more into, you know, obviously we're seeing Hawkeye with archery, you know, a little bit of swordsmanship, uh, combat. We saw Shang-Chi with martial arts, hand-to-hand combat, you know, advanced weaponry that is very, you know, I would say advanced weaponry, but very classical weaponry that is used by a lot of cultures. And then now we're seeing, you know, swordsmanship and we're seeing a lot of blade, you know, like you can kind of infer that there's going to be a lot of swordsmanship there. It's just very cool to see all that's going on in Marvel and actually see what's, you know, actually happening. They're incorporating so many more people in so many more, you know, styles and fighting other than just this brutish hero kind of way of doing it. And I'm really happy with that. They're they're doing a lot of good stuff with Marvel. Yeah. So uh, just to clarify, Jared, because I know you were saying something, and this is totally fine. It, it's a it, uh, little bit of uh, it was just a tiny mistake. So the end credit scene that Aaron Shim, the judge thing was the end of the movie. Like, like like that was towards the end of the movie, but the first end credit scene was the one with Pip the troll and uh, stuff. Oh. Yeah. That, oh, it's, never mind. It's all good. It's all good. No. Well, I think that was uh, – yeah. I'll talk about that one as well. But I do still want to rave about the the end of the movie. Yeah, no, no. To- yeah, I, I, and I thought that was really cool too. I just wanted to clarify, like, like you know, to listeners. So the first end credit scene was the one with uh, where the, the Pip the Troll and a Star Fox or Eros, Thanos' brother, got introduced. Um, and Harry Styles played him. And I think think that that was supposed to be the big pop, just the fact that it was going to be Harry Styles who played him. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. I did say this. I would say that the second end credit scene I did like better because it's set. I do feel like it's set up like you know a cooler hero in terms of Black Knight, and you know I'd obviously set Blade up for the MCU too. So I do like that, and it will explore more of Dean Whitman's story. Regarding the first one, I thought it was cool. However. <laughs> I don't, I feel like more people definitely, the people who liked, who like really loved Harry Styles, I feel like definitely got more out of the first end credit scene than someone like I did. Because I'm not a big fan of listening to One Direction and Harry Styles music. I haven't even seen Harry Styles in other, I didn't even know, I don't even know if he's an actor now. I don't know. Well, he obviously is an actor now, but I don't know if like he was an actor in a lot of other things. So I didn't really get the same like you know big like big pop from it, uh, but I do like the fact that Thanos's brother got introduced. I think that that's that was a critical character that you needed, and obviously he's going to be a critical Eternal uh, in 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 what I think is an inevitable uh, Eternals two that they're going to create. Uh, and I did like Pip the, Pip the Troll. I thought that that was a little fun uh, moment there, and yeah. So I feel like both of those set up the uh what's going to come from the eternals in the future so uh, i know you probably wanted to talk about the harry styles one but what did you think about that well i think that you can probably infer what i thought about it considering that i completely forgot about it (laughs) i am not a fan of harry styles i don't know why i just he has a very 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 obsessive fan base and that kind of edges me away from like people and things like that his fan base is extremely obsessive and mm-hmm. very Stanny. Obviously, that that means that first to stalker fan. Very, 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 very obsessive. I mean, that's really the only word I can use to describe it. I'm not a fan of him, but obviously, you know, 
I'm not complaining. Star Fox, she's getting introduced to, um, into the into Marvel, and I did like uh, I did like Pip. He was he was cool. Uh, but obviously, you can probably infer what I thought because I completely forgot about it. It was it was cool. wasn't as nearly as good as first of all the end of the movie and the second end credit scene. And I feel like you're completely right. People who are obsessed with Harry Styles would like go absolutely crazy, but I'm um, just not. So, didn't really have an effect with me. Yeah, I I agree. Like, if I really were a big hardcore Harry, Harry Styles fan, then I would have loved that. But I do feel like it connected more to the people who liked because it was. I feel like this wasn't really about. Uh, people did not go crazy over the fact that it was Thanos's brother, which that's the reason why I like this the most. Well, I mean, that's, the, I mean, not the most, but I, that's the reason why I like the end card scene is because that we get acknowledgement of Thanos' brother, but not because of the actor thing. Like, that could, and you could put any actor in that situation. Honest, honestly, you could put, like, the majority actors in that situation, and I would have cared more about the fact that it's Thanos' brother. So, yeah, but I just really, I'm not a huge fan of hairstyles like other people, so that did uh, make the second one better for me. But uh, before we move on to our last topic here, Joe, do you have any other uh, things that you would like to address regarding this movie? Well, I would... Uh, with the movie, I would say that whoever did the work on the Celestials, I commend them to the fullest extent. They were so incredibly epic. I can't even, like, use words to describe it, especially when they, when they you know, showed the scenes of them in space I don't know, consuming energy, making stars, putting uh, seeds, celestial seeds and planets. It was so cool. Whoever CGI'd those, made the drawings, made the concept art, props to you. I mean, they were incredible. And also, I do, What this just brings back to a point, I think that a lot of celebrities are going to get into acting, like, a lot, a lot, a lot. And even if they aren't the best actors, their fan base will make up for it. Like, obviously, there are some that, you know, are good actors. Like, I don't know. Um, the guy from the Jonas Brothers, uh, he, he he's a pretty good actor. But I feel like some famous people are just going to get an acting and their fan base will make up for it if they're not a good actor. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy this movie. I'm definitely going to be watching this again when it comes out on Disney+. And, yeah, overall, just in conclusion, I thought that, it was treated way too harshly by Ron Tomatoes, and I look forward to seeing this again. So, and probably an Eternals too that clearly is going to come out of this. Uh, 